My biggest fear is what am I not doing? For better or for worse, you know, I met the love of my life. Yeah. And I met my wife, Brittany, too. <laughs> this is the Rower's Choice Podcast. This is Alex Del Sordo uh, with the Rower's Choice Podcast. And this is a special one for me. I don't know about other rowers in the world, but this is a special one for me. I, uh, I got Zach Everson from South Jersey. We've, uh, we've known each other um, going on 17 years, I think. 16, 17 years. We were young. Um, But anyway, uh, Zach and I were lifeguard partners together for uh, for years. We continue to stay in touch for for a while. And today you're going to learn a little bit about how rowing has impacted his life, which you in most cases could probably um, compare. You can probably compare it to your to to your life, right? Uh, Other rowers. But um, we're also going to have a, a hot topic, in my mind, it's a hot topic, South Jersey Rowing. Yeah, it's taken over the globe here. It's, <laughs> it is. It's, it's what everyone talks about, and it's a big deal. Um, but let's let's start with some, as I call, softball questions. Sure. Let's just get to let's know Let's ease you. into it. Yeah. So where did you start rowing? Um, I started rowing. Um, I did uh, chicken dippers, which, you know. I don't think people know what that is. So, so chicken dippers is like uh, being in the army in Israel. You have to go through it. <laughs> it's a birthright. <laughs> um, this is like middle school. You stand on the dock. It's like your first time ever in a boat. Right? So that was in uh, Ventnor. And I lived like a block away. So we did chicken dippers. Um, but I would say competitively um, went to Holy Spirit High School rode four years there, um, went to University of Rhode Island, rode four years there, and then I row out of the same boathouse in Ventnor at a Viking. Viking but what, a, what, a, what a big jump, right? Going from South Jersey, warm weather, somewhat warm weather rowing to Rhode Island. I mean, right. What was the thought going through your head? And I'm not putting you on the spot, but like, no. you know, to, not a lot of people in our area went there. Right. I, mean, I think you're one of the only ones. I mean, I don't want to say I was like the first one because that's not true. But there was like after I went, there was a huge movement from our area to Rhode Island. A bunch of kids went to Rhode Island after me. So I was like the guinea pig. You were the guinea pig. Yeah. Um, and if we're talking climate, the campus itself is like 10 minutes from the ocean. Yeah. Right. So think of like a South Jersey climate exactly minus eight degrees. Oh, not much different at all. Not much different at all. Same kind of water. Same, the ocean was right there. My house in Rhode Island was closer to the beach than my house in South Jersey. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Now, what did you do? Now, I got, I got, I get fuzzy. I get fuzzy with your time in college. So did you coach? Did you coach at all after that? I did. So right after college, right after college, I coached at University of Connecticut. So, and that was a difference in weather. Um, colder? Colder and dump, dump snow. <laughs> like, so much snow that I was renting a room from a woman and I said, man, this is a lot of snow. And she said, yeah, it is. <laughs> so that's when I knew, like, she lived there her whole life. She's like, this is a lot of snow. <laughs> I was like, uh oh. Um, wow. Okay. I'm talking like I had to, for a workout, I would like shovel the driveway taller than me, the banks. So right after college, you just went right into coaching? Right into coaching. Just, that was a decision you made as in a career move? You or? know, some kids, they backpack through Europe, you, you know, let me that. take a year off. No. Get a coach I, couldn't, I, couldn't even afford a, I couldn't even afford a backpack. 
<laughs> let alone backpack through Europe. Um, so some people do that. That was my backpacking through Europe. That was my finding myself. How long? How long did you do it? That was about two years. And then after that, I came back home. That ran its course. I came back to South Jersey and coached at Mainland, your alma mater. This is 11, 2011, 2012. Yeah. Right? Um, coached there. And then, you're right, it does get blurry. Um, got so a real a job. Happened. I mean, a lot happened in that period. A you lot met, has you met happened. You met a woman. You have children. I mean, so I'm much that, has happened. You know what? The beach patrol, for better or for worse, you know, I met the love of my life. Yeah, yeah. And I met my wife, Brittany, too. <laughs> she won't see this, though. I don't think she will see she this never. She doesn't even know what I'm doing here. I, I said, do you know what I'm doing tomorrow? She's like, you're going to D.C. All right. That's it. That's enough. That's right. Yeah. She doesn't realize the power and the strength of this podcast. Love you, Brad. Simulcast. No. Like, she doesn't get it. I, I understand. So, wow. So, okay. So, 2012, 2013, you're just... The one constant in your life has been the rowing, right? Yes. Which, which I think is a, is a repeat to a lot of people in this sport. Yeah. So all the way back to Chicken Dippers, which is 2000, 1999. Something, yeah. Something crazy, So high right? school was 2004. So yeah, it's so 2002. Yeah. Yeah. That's wild, right? So you're going on 18 years of, of being in the sport. Right. And now today, you still train. You yes. still row. You still compete. Yeah. So what are you, what are you, what are you doing now? Like, where are you at? Uh, so I do have a, a good career. Um, I have a family, three kids, house, you know, American dream. Um, but it, the passion is always there. And, you know, right after college, you know, I did four years of like a competitive rowing uh, high school program, four yep. years of a competitive collegiate program. I was burnt out. The last thing I wanted to do was see an herb. Sure. You know, that's a, anybody I was like, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. So believe it or not, I don't even know if you know this. A huge hockey fan. Oh, I know that. I played hockey. <laughs> no. I swear to God. I swear. <laughs> I got I got the skates. Like the pads and everything. Got the whole kink of boot. Ice hockey. Ice hockey. What do you even play that in South Jersey? Uh, Atlantic City Skate Zone. Wow. Yeah. So I was like goon. I was like, if any hockey fans, like Scott Hartnell, like garbage goals. Like yeah. it would go off my ear and go in. Um, but no, I played hockey. Like then I was like, all right, triathlons. I did those for a little bit. Um, I don't have the build. For it to be good, you know, I'm like, do they call us Clydesdales? Yeah, I'm like 190. They're like, you can either be a Clydesdale at 225, or you can be just not not good. Not good. I'm like, well, okay. Well, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go not good route. Yeah. I guess. Um, but no. Then I found my way back into the sport, you know, because okay. it is a passion. It means so much to me, and now I, I consider myself an ambassador for the sport. That's a, that's a big, I just got chills. That's a big, that's a big phrase. Cause you know, you're an ambassador, you're showing people around you what rowing can do for you. You're showing your kids what rowing can do for you. I mean, your wife is an elite level athlete. She's a, a runner, yeah. right? So you guys got a really cool thing going. What, what, now that you were in it, out of it, in it again, yeah. how has rowing changed and affected your life day to day? Um, I think with the training, and I tell my kids, when I mean kids, I mean the rowers that I coach, mm -hmm. um, I say the sport isn't fun. No, yeah. it's not. It's terrible. I go, I've, I've played hockey. I've played basketball. All the fun sports. The sport isn't fun. It's rewarding. Rewarding. That's, so all my interviews, no one said that. That's, so that's pretty good. Winter training 
the windy it's a little you know blustery today not too bad but but there were there were a dozen boats out there today. The, the rain the cold the dark months of training but then you get those days where the sun's setting and or the sun's rising yeah. and the water is literally gold and you are flying on the water and maybe you win a race and it's the elation not because like you won it's because my god all of the training culminated to this and we did it and you and you and and so you've learned what i guess what how that boils down to is you've learned sacrificing and rewards right you've learned you, there's what you have so to many lessons into. we could talk forever about it's something unique about the sport you know there's on the water there's off the water yeah yeah there, it's like two different sports so your goal is so far in the future that's right? a yeah i don't think people in general understand that concept so it teaches you patience it teaches you long-term goal where the work that i do today is going to matter that literally that inch in the springtime so mm. in my profession what i'm doing now it's like the work I'm doing today is gonna impact one, two, three, seven years down the road. And because of the sport, that's just one of the reasons. Also, and for any generation, what's below us? We're millennials, what's below, X, Y? I don't even know. Z, whatever. Know. Um, it's teaching these kids these uh, participation trophies. Yeah, yeah. Just because you work hard doesn't mean you're gonna get it. Well, all right. I, I I do want people to know what you do for a living because okay. I, I got to tell you the what you did with me three years ago in your in your cruising with Zach yeah. episode nine or whatever. Yeah, that know. was the jump off. That was the jump off. For, that that taught me a huge lesson. So you are you are a um, insurance agent, correct? Right? Yes, and that is your profession. But but I mean, tell tell the people listeners like what what is it that you do day so to day? uh specifically i do commercial insurance um i know super cool uh, <laughs> you make it cool i make but that's the thing is everyone has like this profession pigeonholed yeah so when i talk different or cruising with zach or if i make insurance fun people are like, like how the hell did he do this you know <laughs> um but it's just uh, How long have you been doing this? I've been doing this seven years. It's a long time. It's a, talk about time flies. Uh, seven years. Seven years. Um, yeah, it's been going. You enjoy well. it? I do enjoy it. The company I work for is a great company. Um, and talk about those long term, long term goals. You know, seven years, five years, or five seven years later, my plants are starting to grow. All those seeds that I planted. What a lesson, right? What a lesson for rowers. And this. And I tell my kids, again, the kids that I coach, you know, by the time we're on the water, especially in the beginning of the season, we're going to lose uh, some of our cardio, some sure. of our, not physique, but our fitness. We're going to lose fitness. The work that we do now, the worst thing you want to do is get on the starting line and be like, I should have trained harder. Well, that's, and, 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 but that goes in life too, right? Like yeah. you're not prepared and, and everything. I remember my uh, coach at Marietta, John Van Carey, hay in the barn, hay in the barn. That was a big thing for him. You yeah. put the hay in the barn and you light that thing on fire at the end of the year, yeah. right? And it's all about that, taking that time to prepare yourself. And that's a big lesson. Those are the easy questions. Right? Oh boy. Now, 
you know you know what I've done in my career. You know the yeah. folks that are, are in my career, yeah. Resolute specifically, Sykes. Um, what's your favorite boat to row and, and why? Now, I'm not talking singles, doubles, quads. I'm saying okay. manufacturer. Like, manufacturer. What has been the favorite boat you've ever rowed in? All right. Um, a member let me uh, take out a Viking Rowing Club. He let me take out his Empocker single. How smooth was that? And I have a, well, my dad has, but I, it's mine. Uh, yeah. hey chuck um so my dad has a hudson single beautiful that's it's good it's real stiff yep um little bathtubby I can, a little bathtubby um but when i got in that empocker single and something about that empocker yellow didn't it just feel like it was like a glove like you just put it on you're like oh wow that's how that's supposed I was, to fit. Like, and you, you kind of like look at it like in the boathouse and then I took it out, and it was just like knife through butter, you know. It's a, it's a it's a great boat. I mean, it's there's, a great there's no boat. question about and it. And I will say this, you know, no solicitation here at all. But in Rhode Island, we rode resolutes. You did. We rode resolutes, and my I was fortunate enough my senior year we got a resolute eight and a resolute four, brand new. And so, I that's always like I always have a soft spot in my heart for resolutes because. Um, that's what we rode, and the senior year it was like a brand new spaceship, and yeah, it right. was great. So now I have a question for you. Give it to me. We can talk forever about. It. I know you're a passionate guy. What's new with Resolute? Not Man. only with the shell, but with the company, because I know you're doing a lot. What a great! No one's asked me that. I, <laughs> I flipped the script. <laughs> I wasn't prepared for this. Yeah. No, I know. Um, Resolute. Resolute was built to put a boat in space. This thing is actually indestructible in a way, mm -hmm. right? Over-engineered, which is, which is great. Um, fantastic boat. The, the company struggled for about 10 years um, not knowing its identity. Hmm. So it struggled with decision-making, it struggled with boat building. They had some really great years, they had some poor years. The one constant though in all of boat manufacturing is change which is weird as that sounds, every boat manufacturer yep. in the world has made changes in speed. Resolute built the fastest boat, the strongest boat in 1994 and never made any changes. So when we came in, we thought, well, what, what are some of the areas that can have an immediate change right away? And one was structured sales team. So now there's a service team and a sales team out in the population supporting and supporting and helping programs with, with those boats. You have, uh, you have, there's there's our friend Ed, actually a partner in the business. Hey, yeah. Uh, we'll talk to him in a bit. But uh, <laughs> absolutely, thanks. So um, he's one of the uh, founding members of Rowers Choice. Actually. Okay. Uh, he's he's a he's a shareholder of the company. So uh, we, we we did the service side of things, and then we we then narrowed down on what could we change in the boat to make it a better boat for the athletes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Resolute is a boat to race in. It, it rose hard at a 20, it rose fast at a 36. If you miss a stroke, you can feel it. Yeah. So then, because of my experience and all the things that I've done in rowing, and I understand the boat very, very well, um, we sat down with some uh, Australian engineers, my partners over in Australia, and we, we fixed the entire interior of the boat. So we got rid of the heavy core above the water line. So instead of 30 mil, it's 12 mil. We did a flat panel deck. So instead of the angle mm -hmm. resolute deck, it's a flat panel deck. We increased the length of the entire interior to spread the weight out further so that you don't have the porpoising. Yeah. 
We have um, the seat pan, which is really important, was um, too high off the water line. We've lowered it down to give you stability. So some people that have rowed it said, man, this feels like an empocker. It feels like it's comfortable to row in now. With, and then with that, after, say, four minutes of killing yourself in a boat, the last thing you want to focus on is setting a boat, right? So we then made, made those changes. But um, really, we, we've gotten the brand and the image back out there again. We made the Resolute relevant again. We're getting people bought into not just the boat, but the, the team that you're part of now. You're part of a team now, right? We're servicing you, we're helping you, we're making you fast again. Mm. Um, and, and those are the, at least the big changes that happened in the last nine months. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's funny you say that because when we wrote our resolute, that's going to 2010. Yeah. There were races with effortless speed. And then there was races where, like, what is happening? The moment two oars in that boat are off time, it falls apart. Yeah. It just come off. And that, and, and, and that was the case up until recently. I mean, we, we, we made sure that the boat was comfortable to row. And then the next phase, what happens next is we take all this information, we take all this data, we, we sit down with coaches from all over the country, and we do what we call as a white label. So we're, we're starting from ground zero next year. We're going to be redesigning a boat all the way to the mold. Wow. And, that, and that's going to be something that's, that's I don't know revolutionary is the wrong word, but for, for revolutionary for the company of Resolute. Yeah, it's going to be like a catalyst like yeah. in the company. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's exciting. That's so exciting. And listeners on the podcast, we are outside, so you're going to hear a jet fly. We just saw Marine One go by. It's a big deal. It's a huge deal. <laughs> huge deal. Uh, and there's a lot of background noise, I understand. Uh, but how do you think rowing, specifically the sport industry, has adopted to today's world? So you started in the early 2000s. Both you and I started around the same era. Um, how has it changed in the last 20 years? Well, obviously, um, the equipment's changed. It's always evolving. Um, lighter, stronger, faster. Um, but just like anything, um, social media, you know, Instagram especially, mm -hmm. I, I'm very impressed with how the rowing community has embraced Instagram. And it's made the world so much smaller. So... I tell my kids. That's a, that's a really good. That's a good observation. I've told I've told my kids, my team, listen, you know, go on to Instagram, and just go through University University of Washington's Instagram page, yeah. RP3, um, Rowing Bible, whoever, and there's just endless amounts of ADD, 15 second videos, but if. A kid struggling getting his shoulders in front of his hips on the drive or suspension. I can talk all day. I can show him videos of him. Look, you need to do this, this. But if you're watching someone else do it, oh yeah, that looks so easy. You know. That was um, someone. Someone told me a while ago. It's like, uh, how do you get good at basketball? Well, you watch Michael Jordan. Just watch him. Just watch him play. Just watch. Watch, watch and God rest his soul. Like you know the 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 um, uh, the Kobe. Black Mamba, right? I I, I we. We have a joke in, internally that we wanted to call the boat the Black Mamba. And they're like, that's too soon. <laughs> too soon. We're not going to do that. But Kobe Bryant, like, watch them perform. So I, it's a good point that rowing has adopted that, and now athletes can watch great rowing at their fingertips. Yeah. Whereas before, when we were doing it, 
I didn't. We didn't know that. We didn't even know our competition. We, now you know we your would competition. put in. We would put in the VHS <laughs> of 1984 Olympiad, and just watch that. And be like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Just the wrong boats. Yeah. Whatever, and it's in French or whatever. Um, <laughs> but especially if you're on a time crunch like me with three kids, you have two kids yeah, trying right. to get the training in. Um, I don't have the time to train, but. Mm. If I just, you know, sit at home at night, kids are down, whatever, and just watch rowing videos, especially for me, I'm transitioning to the single. This will be my fourth year in the single. And that's a big, that's a big transition in itself, but. And, and, oh my God. My, year one, <laughs> here are my goals. Year one, don't, don't flip. Don't flip. <laughs> year, year one, don't flip. Year two, finish a race and don't flip. Year three, kind of be respectable. Row on the Schuylkill. That's a big deal. Row on the Schuylkill. Row on the Schuylkill, don't flip. Don't flip is always on there. Yeah, no, Somewhere. that's going to go for another 10 years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Forever, it'll be a footnote, don't flip. Um, I'll watch single videos. Uh, people in singles and technique, and I will just watch that's, and watch yeah. and watch. And it'll get ingrained in my brain. So if I can't get on the water, if I don't have the time to hit the erg room, I have time to look at great technique. You can just stare at that all day, too. Yeah. Isn't that a funny thing? You can All watch day. rowing right now. If, if I pulled up a video right now, you could watch it for an hour. Oh, yeah. And we especially you, you get trapped. You get lost in the internet where it's like yeah. this is recommended to you and then half your day's gone. It, <laughs> I, uh, I love the obsession that every rower has to the sport. Um, I couldn't watch football for hours and hours and hours. I couldn't talk about it for hours and hours. But I could talk about rowing for hours and hours, you know. Well, and you can yeah. too. It's so complicated, and there's so many moving parts, and you know, everyone has their own take and the funny stories. So yeah. Well, this is this is this is where we transition to the serious stuff. Okay. Good thing I'm wearing the coat. I so know. My sweat stains. Yeah, no, you look back see it now, right? <laughs> we we are we are videoing this, which is really great. So we're gonna have a, a, a fun moment with podcast and and, uh, and video. But um, I I consider South Jersey rowing to have been at its peak from 1996 to 2007. Yeah. Okay? You got a 10 year gap where literally we're untouchable. You had Atlantic City High School in the 90s. Right. That I mean, we're talking. They were World class. one crab away from national champions. I, my mom knows the kid's name. I forget it because I was a young pup. <laughs> Crabbed in the last 15 strokes. <laughs> I don't think you ever recovered. <laughs> I don't think you ever recovered. He's not here anymore. Uh, no, but you also have Holy Spirit that went to Henley twice. Won it twice. Won it twice. Won it twice. Uh, when I was a freshman Holy Spirit, the senior boys went and made it a couple rounds. And the women won back to back. Won back to back? I'm sorry. But they definitely win back we'll, we'll to back. We'll go back years. to the history books on this one. Okay. But you also have mainland when I was there. We were big dogs. Big dogs. I mean, I mean big, big dogs. dogs. <laughs> <laughs> like obnoxiously big dogs. But then you also had St. Augustine Prep, smoking fast team. Okay. Yeah. EHT for a period of time had some really fast fours. Can you identify the year or when or why? High school South Jersey rowing just blew up in, in, in a bad you mean way. Im, you mean implode? Implode. Not implode. Yeah. The men's high school eight, you will never, in my mind, you will not see a high, South Jersey high school team in the eight. You may, and we'll get to that in a second. Um, <laughs> you're, you're fixing your coat. You're ready for this. Um, you're I'm, leading because in. Because I know what's coming, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ruffle some feathers here. 
um, one of the things is uh, the emergence of lacrosse in, in the South Jersey, South Jersey area. area. Okay. Um, and it was so quick. I went to college, came home from the summer, and kids are walking around with lacrosse sticks. I, I go, what? What happened? I'm not dogging on lacrosse, but like I'm dogging on. on lacrosse. <laughs> I can dog all day on lacrosse. <laughs> come on. Anywho, so there's that, and I don't want to sound like old man Eberson, like no, like get off my lawn, yeah, like yeah. old man. But, I, and I'm trying not to say this, but I think it's true. I think kids are different today. Uh, I, and I, a, amen. I, and I know, I know my dad probably said that and his grandfather said that about but our their generation. Please. <laughs> it's, yeah. The great generation, right? Yeah. yeah Screw yeah. World War II. <laughs> okay, we were in. You know? right. But I think kids are different today. Um, and... I have a friend, he's a professor in Philadelphia okay. at a university, and I didn't even bring it up. And he said, God, these kids today, he goes, I tell them what's on the test, 30 questions, multiple choice, they can drop their worst two, like he's feeding them the stuff. And they're, he's like, they're lazy. lazy. Right? Now lazy. for the kids that are working hard and try, I'm not talking about you, all right? I'm not talking about, you're doing great. You do you, keep doing you. But I think it's- There's an abundance of people like that in the I, early I think 2000s. it's like hey kids would you rather wake up early row in the rain and guess what the training is harder than race day yep. um, you get to travel you don't get cool equipment or would you like to play a sport it's fun you get the swag, uh, swag equipment the yeah. yeah the swag is there and it's like uh, no I'm not doing that um, and then I think also I don't know what happened but in the area there was a change in culture a culture change there was a change in culture and i want to say like winning ways mm. where it was why am i training this why am i gonna join this team that is not good i think the year i think the year was 2007 to 2010 like this three-year gap where the emergence of lacrosse and then less kids in the program. I know there was a lot of high school rowing coaches that were leaving and going in that time. There's a big transition yeah. coaching staff, yeah. specifically then, that shook things up. I mean, my best coach I ever had was Chris Kinnicky, mm. ever. To this day, the best. He was my high school coach, and he changed the way I fundamentally handled my life. I mean, he, he made me a, a better person. It made anybody else in that program a better person. I'm not dogging on the coaches today because I think they're just I think they're challenged with the athletes and challenged with the the environment. Uh, rowing has gotten more expensive too in that yeah. period of time. I want to say that equipment has has jumped up in price by thirty or forty percent since then. Mm. So to buy equipment back then was like twenty six thousand dollars. It's yeah, I remember that. forty thousand, yeah. right? I like remember we had we had to raise twenty five thousand dollars for a new boat, and yeah. now that's you couldn't get that. That's like Maybe a four. four. Yeah. That's a, yeah. yeah. That, that, the other thing, too, is in that period of time, and this draw, drives me insane, insane. The eight is the eight is the eight, right? You win in the eight, you compete in the eight. It's the flagship. It's the flagship. Yeah. In 07, 2010, South Jersey rowing went from competing in the eight to competing in the fours. And now Mainland has boats that, like, I was in in 04, 05. Yeah. 
they still have them there because they're just they're, they're relics. They don't use them anymore because they're 0 in force. Yeah. Do you see that at all in your coaching down there? I see that a lot. And I think, you know, it's getting pressure from the parents where you want to see results. No matter results driven parents. No matter exactly what right. no matter if it's a JV four, a varsity four, lightweight four, a double or whatever, but it's we're gonna break up this eight because I need medals. I need I'm gonna put you in the best position to get a medal at whatever. Now okay, okay. I agreed. I, I have to add this because it, it just popped in my head. Yeah. One of my best friends, Ian Tapp. Oh. He's doing great work, by the way. Okay. All right. We're going to talk about that because Ocean City High School women are fucking phenomenal. Uh, we can curse? We can curse. Good, because I've been holding off. <laughs> okay. <laughs> fucking phenomenal. They are, he is doing something special there. So it's, I'm not just dogging on, I'm not dogging on South Jersey rowing as a whole. I'm saying men's high school rowing down there is just dog shit slow. But yeah. he's got it figured out. He's got it figured out and he did it the right way where he built it from the freshman. He came in and he had his freshman and he said, this is how we're doing things. And it was like, and I love, I yes. love coaching freshmen because that's like your mini varsity. So if you look ahead mm. in the upperclassmen or like if the culture isn't there, if the work ethic isn't there, if you're just looking at the group of kids and you're like, they don't have it, not physically, but the team culture, it's, I can't, I can't work with these kids. You have the freshmen to say, this is it. Because when you are a sophomore, junior, or senior, you can mix people around. Freshman right. is the freshman. You're up against the best freshman from that crew and the best fresh. It's like mini varsity. So you can clean the slate, start over, sure. implement a new culture, a new training program, a new belief, new and blood. Done and he's, and done, he's that. done that. He's done it. And talk about long-term goals again. Here we are three years later. Yeah. And he's just doing a great job. And the girls have bought in. Do you know what he does too? What's he do? He... Texts, calls, and emails Chris Kanicki and every other coach he's ever had in his world and says, can you just take 10 minutes and watch this video for me, please? Can you critique this? And then he takes, you don't see that anymore, by the way. You don't see a lot of young coaches having the balls to go up and say, can I get some help? That, that he is, he could very well be one of the most successful South Jersey coaches if he continues this trend. Yeah, and, and, and I'm not putting a plug in for him. I mean, he, he's very close to me, but he's, he's close to me too. We've coached him mainly. Him and I right, both coached him right back in the early 2000s. And let me say this too, to bring him back down from orbit, so Ian Tapp's head doesn't blow <laughs> off. He's grown mm. in his own life and in his coaching life. When I coached with him at Mainland. He wasn't good. <laughs> he wasn't good. And again, I think that's like he got a group of kids that were grab assing, and he was like, that's hey, right. if you're a grab assing, I'm not going to give you the full tap. Now they're getting the full tap. They're getting the full tap. Two He's piece. <laughs> Two piece. Double tap. They're getting a they're getting double, double tap. Oh, you know what? I'm going to coin that. We're going to use that. Patent pending. Patent pending. Double tap. Double tap. He's come a long way and like parallels rowing to the business world. Don't be afraid to ask for help. My biggest fear in my professional life yeah. is what am I not doing? Ooh. You know, I'm doing great. Last year I had the best year ever for me 
and like one of the best years ever for the company. It's huge. That's and huge. I'm yeah. like, what am I not doing? Mm -hmm. What do I know that I don't know? Um, do you think you learned that in rowing or is that just something you were born with? Something natural that came to you? It's both. It's both. Um, but rowing, it's you're constantly evolving. So I'm going to blow your mind here. So, okay, let's say a 2K on the water is six minutes. Yeah. And people say, we, you know, six minutes, our time has to be this, our time has to be... Okay, view it this way. You have 250 strokes. Break it down to strokes, not time. I like that. You only have X amount of strokes, and then the race is over. And that goes quick. And it goes real quick. So you take a bad stroke damn it i lost one i gotta get it back on the next one don't settle in and say all right one minute down you know let's settle in here it's no i have this amount and then the race is over so you can drew parallels to uh business where look at it like you have micro you, you, yeah micro you have a, a certain amount of time to achieve what you need to achieve right instead of i, I understand that's a, that's and i've always been valuable. fascinated with the mind and the mental approach to the sport um and a real cool story and I've, I've shared this with companies i've shared this with rowers is um i was in the gym i was coming back off of the triathlons and i was getting back into the gym mm. i was gaining my strength back um, and this isn't going to impress anyone, but I was trying to get to 315 on the deadlift. That's right? That's, that's it's not. It's not. Don't patronize me. <laughs> don't. Not here. So I was trying to get to 315. Throw the 245s on, so that's 225. Yep. All day. No problem. Throw the another 25 on, 275. No problem. Throw the three manhole covers on, 315 welded to the floor i oh, could wow. not lift it wow. i could not lift it at all damn so a whole month i'm working on it working on it. i'm talking 285 i could do reps for three throw wow. the three on there welded to the floor i could not lift it up one and i would get the rock music on i would do like what's it randy or no coleman who's the weightlifter? lightweight oh lightweight ronnie coleman, ronnie coleman. Lightweight. lightweight i'm getting like pumped up welded could not get an inch off the floor one day I go in, two uh, 45s on each side, 25. I got lazy. I said, F it. I threw another 25 on. Boom, boom. Two reps. You just went over your 315. I added it up. I was at like 325. Wow. The way my, my mind pigeonholed me. To the 45s. To the 45s. When I saw that, nope, we're not doing it. Wow. And then I just switched up the way I thought about something. I like that. And just the way it looked, whatever, another bit, did it twice, no problem. And that was like a huge light bulb for me. I hope that's a lesson that people can, can understand and comprehend. It's a visual. It is, and it's just, your mind and your body is looking out for your self-interest, especially the body. The body's only purpose is self-preservation. Spot on. So when it's hurting, the body saying hey this stop or this hurts you got to stop now right you have to hardwire the body to say listen we're in control we're good and when the body's like 
break glass, pull the lever, I'm done, you have 40% more to give after that. Wasn't it the, who was the guy that um, broke the four minute mile? Uh, that is Sir Roger Bannister, if I'm not familiar. I think you're right. I know I'm right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Roger Bannister, they could not break the four minute mile, could not do it. He breaks it, the next month, four other guys break it. That's it. One guy needed to do it, and he got like 459 point, or 359.6. Regardless. Now, hey, he did it, now I can do it. How, how do you think, I'm, I'm, gonna take your, I'm gonna take your concept of, all right, you know, think of the rowing stroke as strokes. Little plug from McMahon and Chelsea. Plug it in. Do you think that rowing can get faster? 518 oh is, the, is the record. Like, do um, you think that it can get faster? I don't know on the water. I on don't. I don't know physical. on the physically. I I don't know how much faster the human body can go. When we were growing up, if you broke six minutes, dude, you are part. You're of, in the Olympics. You're in part of a fraternity. Yeah. Now it's five fifty. Yeah. Now it's five forty. Yeah. Right. It's like. You have these six six guys averaging forty strokes per minute, mm -hmm. thirty whatever thirty eight strokes per minute, and it's like not only the two K. Well, their tanks are bigger, right? Their physical tanks are bigger. Not only the two K, but um, the six K. Oh, it's obnoxious. It's the the Dutch boy. He's pulling like one thirty one. Yeah. Oh my huh? <laughs> I don't know. Like I don't even know how long I could do that for. Not possible. I mean, I couldn't. My best ever. Was a six oh eight ever? That's booking. That's booking. That's booking. Because again, when we were growing up, if you broke six minutes, but now it's get. I don't know. I don't know how much. Can someone break five thirty? I don't. I don't know. You don't know. I don't know. It's just. I just. I. You know. I think. I think your lesson is more of not speed, but just how you view, how you view yourself in your future. It's not necessarily saying take the idea of two hundred eighty strokes and make it faster. Yeah. It's just change the way you're. you're back though to high school row not high school rowing south jersey rowing yeah yeah um something something monumental i believe happened in south jersey rowing a couple of months ago and that was john van carey getting the job at stockton yeah. college what do you think that's gonna do for south jersey rowing um so let's take it back just a little bit um they got a new ad before they brought in van okay. carey okay and he was the ad at bates Sure. Who, for I guess the last couple of years, the women won NCAA Division Three. That's right. So this AD comes on and knows the strength of rowing, what it can do for the university, uh, a pulling power. So it's funny, I didn't know that. You learn lesson, something new every day. Lesson learned. So he came in and he's like, "Listen, crew rowing is very important to the university." Yeah. You know. So when you have an AD that backs your program, that's huge, mm. you know? Um, and Stockton was non-existent. 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 In one day, he got three brand new boats that appeared at the boathouse. I was at the, whatever it was, the mixer, the- The Garvin mixer? The, the gar uh, was it the Garvin? The Stan Bergman. Oh, the Stan Bergman. The Stan Bergman okay. one. 
and it was like Oprah, you get a boat, you get a boat, you get a boat, and I'm like, <laughs> oh my god! And he, seriously, Boncair was there, and he said, "These are great. Can we get a new trailer now? Because I, 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 I got these boats." So, you know, Boncair brings the knowledge. Yeah. He brings the passion. He brings the ex the coaching experience because there's water technique. There's, um, you know, the spread and all that, but you need to know how to coach. You need to know how to manage um, expectations. You need to know how to uh, manage um, personalities. Yeah. And he gets that. Well, he, he brings life experience. He brings, right. So I, I, I don't, I, I'm telling you right now, he's more about, he's more about how you're going to live your life than, than, than racing a boat. I'll tell you that right now. He was my coach for a year. Yeah. It, it, the fundamentals of life is something that he really holds on to and like teaches and educates people on so he brings all of that to the table you have an ad that i'm in your corner i want to see this blow up and then you have the community that is building up stockton so viking rowing club right down the street from stockton boathouse um the masters we go to kingshead in philadelphia it's kingshead regatta it's yep. a great race that was the same race as the same day as the first ever AC stakes race, Stockton that he put, put it together, on. Yeah, and we said we're gonna bag King's Head. We gotta support Stockton. Wow, you know, and it wasn't like, hey, what do you want? It's like, no, we gotta support. You're making that decision. Easy we gotta decision. support the local thing. Um, and it was a great event. It was ran perfectly. I emailed uh, John Coast John afterwards. Said, congratulations. The turnout was amazing. Wow. Um, little constructive criticism maybe buoy that straight line or the straightaway because i almost got head-on collision twice wow for uh, year one give him some year one hey year one <laughs> i built him up constructive criticism and then built him up again at the bottom um but i mean they have the equipment they have the coach they have the ad they have the community behind them stockton everyone especially in the d3 um watch out they're coming but I, you, you, you brought something up, and it was a community thing. So Stockton, I think, will be a national contending crew two or three years from now. They won a medal at Dadville. Well, that's what I'm saying. They're, 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 they're going to be a team that brings – he's going to get some Olympians. He's going to send some kids to the Olympics. He's going to get some teams to um, uh, win at, at a very, very high level. But as you said it, it's a community thing. Yeah. I'm more interested in what, what is it going to do for South Jersey rowing? Is it going to bring relevance again? Is it going to bring the, the, the idea that it's going to grow again? So here's what I'm Got some rowers in the background, by the way. Oh, that's, that's, uh, that's Whitman right there. There it is. It's high school Whitman. In two resolutes, by the way. They look sweet. They do look clean, don't they? They do look clean. Yeah. I so think the South, camera's going to pick that up. South Jersey rowing. Okay. Same thing. Kind of like what U.S. rowing was doing where for a while though we were kind of hanging on for a little bit mm -hmm. like when did we win gold was that 2000 2004 2004 i'm not knocking usa i'm not knocking the olympic gold medal v8 <laughs> yeah. but they'll tell you there was the peace of a lifetime mm. where no one touch anything just keep going yeah and it was like the coxswain's like i don't know what to say like everything was great and it was a whipping tailwind yeah and they won they set a world record that was great and then oh my god my history the last olympics i think we got fourth yeah we didn't medal that was a 
hell of a race for fourth. Mm. If you remember, we had to go to the third World Cup. That's right. To, to qualify. qualify. Yep. So we're like, if you look at the results, hey, they won in 2004. They just missed the podium. Let, we're, we were hanging on. So I think USA rowing was like, we got to start at the ground level. We have to start at the club and the high school level. We have to make level two coaching cert- uh, certification a hell of a lot well, harder. Volpenheim did, did uh, Volpenheim, who's now at Penn, spent time, again, world record holder. Right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Or not anymore. He's uh, the Germans now have the record, but um, he was training juniors in San Diego. So you're right. Like there is there is this ground up. They gotta they gotta start. We, they're like we gotta start over. We gotta make it harder. Um, we gotta make our priorities um, more challenging. Like when we were going growing up, it was Stotesbury was the championship. That was it? Um, maybe SRA nationals, mm-hmm. right? Which care we cared less about that, more about Stotesbury. Stotesbury. Stotesbury is our Super Bowl. It. It's our backyard. Uh, so that's that's it. Um, it was always I always told people Stotesbury is the Super Bowl, nationals was the Pro Bowl. Yeah. You know, hey, you get to travel. Hey, we're in Orlando. <laughs> you know, whatever. Come get it. It's like, oh, we made finals. Ah, <laughs> like I just want to hang by the pool. Um, but now it's like youth nationals. Is it? Yeah, is it now? Yeah. Um, and you know, if I'm jumping sport to sport here, but uh, USA soccer. You know, you have these lifers that are like the system is broken. Like just because you have the stars and bars on your chest, like doesn't mean we're relevant, right? And. So, so really coming back to South Jersey. Yeah. So coming back to South Jersey, um, we need a good hard look in the mirror. Um, we need to see, you know, what are we doing? And I think ultimately what it's going to culminate to, and there's been talk about this, is just consolidating the high school programs Ooh. and making a South Jersey rowing club. Because we experimented with it this year. Uh-huh. And I'm talking light. Like we had two high schools come together mm. and we scrapped them together for a uh, the fall. And I think head of the Schuylkill, they had a real good showing. I think like top 10 or something oh, wow, like that. that. Yeah, because they rode together. It was a great experience for everyone. And then they go to their high schools. So you have mainland maybe has two or three kids. Holy Spirit, two, three kids. PhD, we talked Ocean about City. that in 04. We wanted an all-star boat that would go to Henley, and we knew that we would freaking win. So you have all these kids spread out, and they're doing okay. But if you brought them together, like you have these club programs out there, if you have them together, because, okay, again, let's be brutally honest. In an eight today, you'll have two kids that are going to have a real good chance of going like D1 yeah. rowing in college. You have another two kids. Sub 620, sub, sub 715 yeah. for You have girls. another two kids that are just so passionate about the sport. Maybe they'll row somewhere in college, but they, God bless them, they, they show up, they work hard, they want it. Then you have four kids where mommy and daddy's forcing them to do it. That's right. That's every high school in the country. So if you have eight kids, nine including the coxswain, that are great athletes great rowers great racers and they're passionate they're ready to go you'll see south jersey come back. south jersey had an abundance of that for team to team from again 96 to 07 and, and then it's, it it's was gone away. it was this competitive environment oh, we hated it, you i mean we hated we hated 
Oh. Teeps. Hated them. Mainland hated Ocean... Uh, Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Holy Spirit dated the mainland girls. Mainland boys dated the Holy Spirit girls. And we're out of the same house. Yeah. And it was just the motherfucker shrugger. Right. Um, one time, one of the mainland kids threw a dead shark in the uh, Holy Spirit boat bay on a Saturday. <laughs> and they went in on Monday and they're like, this is the worst smell. Just rank. But the funny thing is, it was the next bay over. So we had to fucking deal with the damn smell. It didn't well. matter. It didn't matter. I'm bringing you down with me. <laughs> that was it. But you don't see that. I don't see that. I even asked Ian. He doesn't have that kind of animosity and, and, and uh, competitiveness in no. that environment. But I like what you're saying about the starting from the ground up. I think you're right. There needs to be a shake. Now, to the listeners who are not familiar with South Jersey rowing, this is not Philadelphia rowing. No. It's a huge, 40 miles away. Light years. Light years away. But wait, people... Okay, so in, in rowing, you got pockets. There's a difference between... In, they say southeast rowing. That lumps five states. Yeah. Midwest lumps 25 states. Yeah. Right? And then there's West Coast. And there's West Coast. <laughs> it's, it's, like, like, it's like South Jersey. If, <laughs> if you're looking at the simulcast, there's like South Jersey, yeah. Philly, Midwest, and then the West, <laughs> yeah. and then there's Florida. That's exactly right. <laughs> so South Jersey is specific to uh, like three zip codes. Yeah. Right? And a 25-mile radius dead center of like Northfield. Like take Northfield and draw 25, 30 miles like this, and that's your that's your South Jersey. Yeah. So there's a big difference, right? I just want people to know that we're not talking about Philadelphia Rowing. Because St. Joe's Prep is they're gonna probably win Stotesbury this year. Like they probably are. I'm gonna tell you right. Mount St. Joe on the women's side, phenomenal. Yeah. Right? They 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 win almost every single year. So this is the end of the podcast and, 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 and the video. You now have a chance to ask me one or two questions before we sign off here. Oh, if you man. Want. Okay. First off, light question. How's your training going? I see the workout Wednesdays. By the way, the one you posted, oh, what was it? It was something really hard. Impossible. I didn't even finish it. <laughs> and I commented back to you or CJ or someone. I go, God, I didn't finish it. Like I got one piece done. And then they, oh yeah, we put it down wrong. <laughs> yeah, it was like, it's like, it's something like hold your 2K, but at like a 20 strokes per minute. Yeah, like, yeah, no, it was like 2K plus six at a 20. And then I said, CJ, something. that is dumb. That is dumb, dumb, dumb. <laughs> I like, did it once. Yeah. I, I can't do it again. But okay, so enough about, enough about me. How's your training going? Um, yeah, I've, I'm focused more on weight training um, than anything else. And it's something that I can do in odd hours. I travel. 200 days a year you right? came so, from you're coming in hot from down under yeah exactly so i'm exactly so uh going on no sleep i operate on on a schedule that's 40 to 50 minute bursts in workouts whenever i can get them i run a ton uh i lift a lot and knock on wood if if it works out i'm gonna be racing at henley this year in england and for where with who? in a uh well we're gonna do either a composite boat uh or for a team in england and I'm using the Resolute. So we're showcasing the Resolute oh. at Henley, and I'm hopefully gonna be in that boat. So we're, we're working it out, working the details out. Yeah. Uh, nothing set in stone yet, but that's, uh, you know, as a, there's so many things, right? There's, I'm dead focused and set on this company. I do it, I, I do 100 hour work weeks, and anybody in the company will tell you, I do 100 hour work weeks. Outside of my children, I have very little time to commit to doing the 
hour and a half row in the water. So I get it whenever I can get it. And I'll do these things. I call them thousands. I'll do it one to three days a week. Push-ups, sit-ups, squats, jumpies, um, and any kind of core, additional core work. You do them and you add up to a thousand. Mm -hmm. And it's about 18 minutes total. And it is an amazing workout. Yeah. And I recommend that to anybody who doesn't have a lot of time. Well, you got to be... Crew is a time sponge. It is. You know, you've spent four hours at the boathouse. Two hours of it was setting up and breaking down and launches and da da da. Okay, we were on the water for an hour and a half. Okay, we actually did 45 minutes of yeah. actual work That's out right. of that four hours. Um, so it does teach you, uh, again, with crew, time, time management. Oh, huge. And people that say, like, I don't have time, you do. Yeah. You do. You got to wake up at five in the morning. Yeah, it's you know, it's but like you, routine. Like get, you know, do it, do it for two weeks, three weeks. But it's momentum. It, it's crazy. It's like you feel sluggish, so you don't work out. But when you do work out, you get more energy. And, 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 it, and it, it snowballs into your 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 job, your family life, everything. You know, yeah. and when you're when you're feeling good. So, um, you get you get one more question. Do you have any? I mean, can you think of anything to ask me? Oh, I'm putting you on the spot. I get it. I get. I, I wasn't prepared. I, asked I mean, you the you're wrong you're question. the guy that's that's quick and snappy. You know. Yeah. All right. How about this? My cruise with Zach. Uh, oh, you already went through. You already went through the, the lightning round. Um, <laughs> yeah. You can go when you can go back in time and tell something when you were 16. Um, but here's a question: Do you have any regrets during your rowing career? Yeah, that's a great question. So, I hated rowing sophomore year. Of what? Of, 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 of college. Of college. Um, my only regret was letting that get the best of me that spring and summer. I, I wish that I was a little more cognizant of my surroundings and appreciative of what I had. Mm. Sophomore year, I was in a new, I was here, I was in DC. So like I was brand new to DC. Um, I, I dated a girl, her name is Dana. Uh, Carnell, uh, I haven't seen her. Drop the last name. Yeah, I had to. I mean, for the podcast, I had to. Yeah, hey, hi. Hey, Dana. Uh, we did it, but the, 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 I traveled to see her every weekend. So I didn't have any friends in D.C. except for the couple buddies that I had growing up. So then right around, right around um, April and May, so this is like heavy season, I didn't make the Varsity 8. And then I hated rowing. Yeah. And I, I, I let losing get the better of me. And I let, I let, I, I, for five years straight, I was top dog. I mean, I was always in the top boat. I had, I'd come off of a, of a Dadvale medal. I was at SRA medals and all these things. And then I lost for the first time and I wasn't, I wasn't in the top boat. And I let that get the better of me. And I regret that because it took me two years to get over that sensation and that feeling. And I know Greg Meyer, my coach then, he even said it to me. He wrote me off that year, and my friends wrote me off. And it's an, it's when you bring that energy to a team or to your your surroundings, everyone can sense it and feel it. Yeah, yeah. And I regret I, that's it. I regret that moment in my life. I don't know if it's the brisk wind coming off the Potomac or what you just said, but I got chills. You got chills because sophomore year of college for me was that the hard one? And that was the tough one. Um, and maybe everyone out there, watch out for the sophomore slump. Is it, maybe, it's a real thing. It's a real thing. The sophomore slump. So I was at Rhode Island, at least. I was like a the big freshman. Yeah, of course you were. I like eked my way back door into the Varsity 8. Wow. Um, I, maybe I should have been there. I don't know. But 
by metal races I was in the varsity eight and then next year this other freshman came and I was faster than him on the erg um, but the team was like make sure if we're doing first and last name Eli Eli Roth not the not the horror movie director. you don't forget those people right no no I don't think about him at all but um, they kind of like surround him and make sure he's good and stuff like that and he was like uber competitive with me Ooh. like as I'm finishing a piece I can sense him hanging over and looking at my monitor Ooh, and every you were the, every yeah. piece he would sit next to me and good for him you're right that good for him different. But it would get to the point and like passive aggressive Zach, we'd be doing a piece and I see he's looking at mine. How about this for competitive? I'd flip my screen. <laughs> I don't know what I'm pulling, but I'm like, you want to go to crazy town? Let's go to crazy town. Right? Wow. I um, love that. And then it blew up at a party over Guitar Hero. Guitar Hero was really big then. It too. was huge. It was the only thing I had. <laughs> and, um,. It blew up there, and the team kind of took a side and said, you know, Zach, you're being out of control. Like, wow. We're, they didn't say this, but they went with him. And all my friends and everything I put in the year prior, so same thing with you. I was like, really? Cool. I'm going to be a lone wolf here. I'd show up to practice. I'd do my work, got my stuff, got out. It was the worst year of your career. I was like, yeah, you want to play that game? Let's play that game. Isn't that terrible, how ego and resentment builds up like that? Yes. How it affects your life? But we, re we rebounded. You rebounded. Junior and senior year, you look back. Um, but also, maybe to our credit, we were at our peak alpha-ness. Oh. We were just screaming. We were just muscle heads. Oh, you, yeah. So, you could run literally through a wall. Yeah, you could do anything. So maybe we didn't have the like our head screwed on tight. We, we did um, but honestly watch out for the sophomore slump um, and if someone corrects you don't write them off that's a try try and don't be uh, what am I trying to say don't be defensive and try and look at it with an open mind because they are trying to help you out what a what a way to end uh, this pie now I had fun Zach I, I had fun with this now I think that when when someone takes the time to listen to this, there's a couple of nuggets here that are really excited, but I'm going to take this podcast and I'm going to push on the South Jersey thing. I am going to make people talk about South Jersey rowing again. My boat might be destroyed by when I get home. <laughs> It'll be spray painted scab. <laughs> I hope scab. so. Now, um, uh, thanks for listening to the Rowers Choice podcast. More uh, next week is uh, discussions with coaches. Um, focusing on getting on the water. So we're, we're just we're just a few short weeks away. Um, so you're going to learn a little bit about how to get back on the water and what to look for. Thanks for listening. This is the Rower's Choice Podcast. Rower's Choice is made up of finish line shell repair, Resolute Racing Shells, and Sykes USA. 